Adam, I'm going to direct a lot of questions towards you on this one. And if you feel uncomfortable by any of them, please, please let me know because I am very ignorant to this kind of lifestyle. And so stop me if I'm being offensive when I ask you, because you you, like this is your lifestyle. This movie is kind of based on your nightlife. Well, first, let's talk about the premise of the movie. So the premise of this movie, Cruising, is that there's a gay serial killer in New York City in 1980 at the height of the pre-AIDS. This is the glory days of being gay. This is like we're talking bathhouses. We're talking S&M nightclubs. We're talking primo real estate in the meatpacking district of New York City. Just one club after the other. Before AIDS? All before AIDS. This is like right before. This is the cusp. This is what started AIDS. How would you like to disappear? Disappear? Go undercover. You know this man? Who's here? I'm here. You're here. These victims are all the same physical type. What about him, Skip? Late 20s. 140, 150 pounds. Dark hair. Dark eyes. Have you ever seen him before? I want to send you out there to see if you can attract this guy. How where? A New York City detective in search of a killer is about to disappear into the night. Is it dangerous? I can't talk about it. How do you know you're going to end up the same person when it's over? An odyssey to the edge of city life. Bartenders are starting to give me some information. There's this uh, name keeps popping up all the time. There he is. The one with the hat. Is that the one that followed you? Yeah. Why didn't you go with him? I don't know. I think you should check him. If you want to play, I'll play with you. He's the wrong guy. Prince don't match. What he sees. Who's here? What he feels. I don't think I can do the job, Captain. I don't think I can handle it. This is stuff going down. I don't think I can. Uh, I can deal with it. Yes! Yes! You hear what he experiences. Yes! What he discovers will change his life forever. Al Pacino. Who's here? I'm here. You're here. Cruising. Well, I was thinking that this was a metaphor for AIDS. Yeah, you're wrong because this is all happening before that virus existed in America. Wow. But, you know, pre- you know, prescient. It's prescient. So they ha- um, they need an undercover cop to figure this out. So Al Pacino apparently looks like the victims, even though he's like 40 years old. No, he, he was getting hit. He's gay. 
Well, calm he was down. the one getting hit calm. at the beginning. No, he's not in the beginning of the movie. That's another actor. Okay. There was a two different actors in the beginning of the movie. So Al Pacino goes undercover. Paul Serfino is the captain or whatever who's giving him orders. And Al Pacino only just has he to- knows that he's going undercover. Only the ca- only Paul Servino. Only Paul Servino, but there's a lot of other cops who seem to know. Let's be honest. So yeah, there's a bar full of them. <laughs> um, Al Pacino then goes undercover. He has a girlfriend played by Karen Allen, the mom from the Sandlot. Ooh, she's and, banging. You look good. You know, she's you. Raiders of Lost Ark. So she doesn't really know what's going on. Superman. And then uh, one by one, there's victims. You know, yada yada yada. It's brutal, ser- brutal victims. Standard serial killer, eighties. Brian De Palma ish. Yeah, you're standard. Just a hog tying somebody and stabbing him up the butt a bunch of times. Yeah, so it's just standard. You're starting to see this in this time in America. You're starting to actually see the Dario Argento influence in on Brian De Palma and William Friedkin. I'd say more than anyone, and also slasher movies in general. Mm-hmm. So this is the height of the slasher boom. But this is a weird movie because it is a studio movie as a big actor in it, a huge movie star, Al Pacino. Yeah, it's like a mainstream movie that's like graphic, doesn't shy away from the good stuff. And it's like we're about to enter the 80s. So this is a movies like this are about to go out of favor. It's way too extreme, way too shocking. The director is William Friedkin. He made French Connection, Exorcist. So he's um he has a lot of power and he uses it he really pushes everything to the limit with this movie so i've seen it before i've seen it a bunch when i told adam last week we were doing it he gave me the thumbs up and nodded and his lips started quivering and he was really excited he was like oh yeah good choice good choice and when his hand came into screen with the thumbs up it was just already covered in lube yeah adam's been begging lube He's been begging to watch this movie ever since the podcast started. He's always been like, when are we doing cruising? When are we doing cruising? We got to do cruising. And he well, thinks it's a great like, film. he thinks it's like a guaranteed, you know, home run for him. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I think jokes. He's, just prou- he's proud of his lifestyle. So he just-, just wants to watch cruising really bad. I just want to watch it with, you know, not alone for once. Well, did you watch it with your significant other? No, I made her go in the other room. Why? Has she not seen it? It would have been too uh, much. She tried to open the door and I yelled to get out. <laughs> You're just full body covered in loot. Yeah. I saw this. Get never... I'm going to make that joke a thousand He's times. He's in a leather so daddy get, outfit. So buckle in, buddies. Yeah, I've got. I've pulled out a hat, leather hat and jacket. So. <laughs> just within it's... the 30 seconds that she leaves the room to go into her bedroom. <laughs> Honestly, shuts dude. the door and goes, oh, babe, forgot my coffee. <laughs> and you're already fully gimped. Yes. And a <laughs> zipper mask. I but watched this, this at uh, New Beverly with a whole audience of gay men. So yeah, that they was loved, exciting. They, what'd they think? You know, at first they thought it was going to be funny and campy. Like there's a lot of jokes, like people are laughing. And then like very it quickly, real, dude. It the, gets when real. you see those two cops, you know, abusing those men and like, it's way Damn, too real. The mood shift. You felt a mood shift for real. Well, they got, well, the truth is the movie works as a thriller in a mystery. So they just got sucked into its rhythm and whatever <laughs> I, jokey fun ideas they had about the movie, like quickly evaporated because the movie kind of brutal. is it's brutal. It's about it's te- gro- like, 
gruesome murders. Yeah, the kill scenes are pretty, pretty intense. Um, but I like that first cop scene is so good because it ends up being a scene about that is a cruising scene. You know, explain the scene to the audience. Yeah. It cops are yeah. Sorry, uh, cops are like uh, harassing these two uh, drag guys and kind of leather drag they were l- right, ladies right, of the right. night they were ladies of the what? night okay so we got two cops played by joe spinell and mike star joe spinell's star maniac he has a horrifying face um, he does what the fuck was that Just when he was a limo guy. driver he was driving around some big time director I forget who, maybe it was Sam Fuller. Maybe it was some guy, it was <clears throat> Sam Peckinpah or someone. And they just said like, and he was like, yeah, I want to be an actor. He's like, he's like, you look like a killer. Like you should be like, you should play a killer in a movie or something. Um, mm. He's in the Godfather. He's in a bunch of random ass 70 shit. It's and him. Then, and then it's Mike Starr from Goodfellas, the guy who was the security and, worked in the security room and, and is in dumb and dumber, dumb and dumber blank check. Yep. Right? Who also kind of got check? a he's got he's got a no, scarred up face too. It's not a blank check. Karen but Duffy is she's in Dumb and Dumber. Damn. Miguel Ferrer is in blank check. My apologies to the audience. Idiot. Sorry, audience. William's a fucking idiot. Doesn't know yeah. his blank checks. Sorry. We're supposed to be like an expert movie podcast. He's supposed <laughs> to be the movie guy. Yeah. Look, he's um, even got the pipe to prove it. He's smoking but, an old Sherlock Holmes pipe right now. So, so these two it, cops are complaining. It, it, well, it begins like it's, it's like they're, they're disgusted. Col- it's, it's like a general, like kind of generic cops harassing. Here we go. The gay. I'm gay sorry people. for all the conservative listeners out there. We're on the the right of politics. And after listening to Adam's anti-police, yeah, they're screen. probably feeling a little blue right now. Mm. Yeah. Um. Like we said, we we want to blow the blue. You know, that's blow our, the blue, that's, baby. Blow the that's blue. That's our motto that I cut. And honestly, in this side. scene, I think the streetwalkers were wrong. They should willingly want to give head the cops. Yeah, to say thank blue. you for for protecting Thanks, our appreciate your service. Yeah, I think the thing Adam's trying to sh- he's struggling to say because I'm interrupting him is that the no, cops in this to... movie are cool. Okay, and the reason why they're cool <laughs> is because. You see all types of cops in this movie. You see abusive cops. You see corrupt cops. You see lazy cops. You see Ed O'Neill as a cop. You got Paul Servino as a really shitty lieutenant who's kind of trying, but kind of isn't. He looks he's very one tired. foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Well, he's one out from the job. You got Pacino as the lead under <laughs> this little tiny pe- guy. He's a he's a undercover. He's the perfect person, perfect cop for this job. He he does seem like a power bottom. And what well, I like about <clears throat> all these different types of cops is that it gives the film a sense of realism. It gives it shows the the tension between the gay community and the police right at the beginning, which is one of the reasons why this case is so hard to crack. These guys don't want to talk to the cops. They don't want to. And if they do talk to the cops, the cops don't treat them right. Um, They don't believe them. So they don't take it. They don't care. You know, there's too much going on. They don't care. Well, Paul Servino cares about the case because he's getting pressure from upstairs. But when one of those um, transgender 
prostitutes from the beginning. Yeah. They were just like cross-dressing. Says like, hey, these two cops are bad news. They're harassing me in the sixth precinct. He's just like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to deal with that because there's still this like corrupt <laughs> New York late 70s thing going on. Sure. Uh, but but that's so that opening scene is so good, I think, because it like begins with that thing of like, oh, the cops are harassing and stuff. We've seen that before. And then it's like, no, they want to. Well, they're they like raping gay. these people. Yeah. At first, you think they're going to like beat the shit out of the guys. And then you see them get blown by them. They assault, sexually assault them or whatever. But and, and then but also they talk to a cruising scene. It becomes well, a scene where they're cruising the cops in a cruiser. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the double and that's the double meaning of the title. If you want to see a movie about cruising, watch cruising, you know? Like I was got I was scenes sh- of where there's cruising. I'll tell you, I was absolutely shocked and a little disappointed that this was not I thought it was gonna be all about like a cruise, like a big ship. <laughs> yeah. And there's gonna be a gay murder on a big ship. No, that's boat trip. That's Horatio <sighs> Sands Cuba Gooding Jr. movie boat trip. This one was good though. Yeah. Th- throat trip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. What about that? So they huh? call they call yeah. Al Pacino in who Al Pacino just seems like lightheaded through this whole movie. He's, yeah. He so Al Pacino is, is uh this is a he's just tricky, like looking around. You were about to say on the text message, right? You thought he was a bad actor in this movie. He is a bad actor. No, give your give your opinion because okay he's he get a girl he might not be okay he might not be a bad actor but he just became one of those like robert de niro he just became himself he's out just tell us what's just tell us your reaction to the character's performance in this movie he didn't fucking talk half the. he just seemed confused half of the time and then Mm -hmm. when he was supposed to like which i he's supposed to be confused because he's like feeling these confused homoerotic feelings but he what? looked no 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 looked, Ryan's correct. Go on. Ryan. He looked, but he looked oh. confused, like not that way. He would he looked like he didn't know what well, the people were saying to him. Okay, Adam, confused. Your, Adam give your take. Confused. Give your take. Um, well, I was pretty shocked to hear that he was maybe confused about his homoerotic feelings. What? No, homoerotic feelings. <laughs> Homo yeah. sexual feelings. Go on. Um, oh, they're erotic though. He's, too. Pre- he's kind of funny in this movie. You know, Al Pacino can be a pretty funny actor sometimes. Um I don't think he's some of the funny parts. Like, remember when he's at the end when he's he's like he's stalking the guy who he thinks is the killer, and he, the guy looks out yeah. the window and Al Pacino's just smiling. waving at him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's, that's my that's a perfect example of why not I don't think he's I don't think that's good. Maybe it's poor direction because that was like silly to me oh my god and not not in like a good way no he's taunting, sure. when he's taunting the the suspect and he's following him on the bus he's reading the newspaper <clears> he's <throat> looking at him through the window he's taunting him but a lot yeah, of the that movie, part's cool yeah a lot of the movie though is like he, he's really because he because obviously he like he gets like paul Zervino's like hey you're gonna do this it's in the gay like leather it's not just a gay community it's like the leather scene or whatever it's like intense shit and he's like, what? The gay? This is crazy. I'm not gay. And like, you know, he's kind of like all like, Haha, what? And uh, <clears throat> but he uh, goes, anybody like tiptoes into it. He like moves into a like a small apartment in that in the what is it called? The beanpacking district. He lives in and, Chelsea, though. And uh, he like or Greenwich makes, Village or something. A, I can't remember. Or even the Lower East Side. I don't know. They always say the whatever, village. Yeah. And it's like there's two villages there. 
East like he makes friends with his neighbor and he's like he goes out he has weird a weird he like tries to go to a bar and cruise but it's like really intense and he like people are like are you a fucking cop or something like that because you're not just like immediately he's sucking so, a guy's okay, nipple yeah, but what about yeah, his performance did you say guy's nipple what about Pacino's performance I mean his I choices know. as an actor what do you think about that uh I, I thought it was all right. I, I thought it was good. I don't know. It didn't stand what, out. What do you think? So he's kind of like a blank slate at the beginning, right? He's kind of like playing an everyman, like, yeah, you know, I'm a cop, but you don't really know much of his backstory. He hints that he has like weird shit with his father or that he tells his wife, like, you don't really know me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Adam's taking his shirt off right now. Don't do it. It's because of the shirt. I knew it was going to happen. No, it's because of the topic. It's not because of the topic. It's because of the <laughs> shit. Because of the talk? His nipples so are rock hard right now, too. Let me give you a little backstory because <laughs> I read Freakin's biography, autobiography, about what he said about Al Pacino making this movie. So originally, Freakin wanted Richard Gere, who was a little more unknown, had not won. And He's prettier, been, too. Or, Pacino had been yeah. nominated for a bunch of Oscars. He's a huge movie star. The studio says, do Pacino. So Pacino's 39. He's kind of too old for this role. Uh, uh, yeah. A younger cop would make more sense because all the victims are fairly young, but whatever. Pacino's in it. Regan <clears throat> said the first day Pacino just showed up like three hours late, was completely unprepared, didn't know his lines. In fact, he said he was the least prepared actor he's ever worked with in his life. It shows in this one. <laughs> Maybe he was like afraid of so no. bold. No, 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 what do you no. think? No, he, he was just sh- in. He just he didn't get a shit at that time. He was probably gacked out or something. He was. I think he had a big head. I think he had a lot of other stuff going on. He was really famous. I mean, look. You don't think young, he was? I'm was just like, telling you. He is late all the time on set and he is driving William Friedkin crazy and William Friedkin is like yelling at him on set. So this is what's happening, okay? But Friedkin also didn't really want him in the movie. The other thing is these two guys work completely differently. These are, they never worked again. Pacino said- Together? They never worked together again? They never worked together again. So Friedkin, okay. When Friedkin makes a movie, he likes to shoot one take. Sometimes it's the rehearsal of the take. Yeah. So like, but the other thing is if he doesn't get what he wants, he will push a person to do it. So like French connection, he had a notoriously difficult relationship with Gene Hackman. He'd have to yell at him. He hated Gene Hackman. He didn't like him in the movie and he would push him, push him, push him, push him. Eventually it works. Hackman gets an Oscar. Freaking is like ready to go all the time he's just like let's fucking shoot this thing and get in the can i don't care i want it fast loose and spontaneous that's cool and then free uh, pacino shows up like not for the lighting crew Pacino, (laughs) pacino says he likes eight or nine takes just to get in the zone in the zone for the eight or nine yes and then kind of like that then you start getting the good stuff but by then all the other people Friedkin said would be like tired because these are like New York theater actors, like the neighbor guy with the red hair who he yeah. talks to and has dinner with. He says like, or like coffee. He said that guy would be ready like right away. And he would just kind of get worse as there was more takes. Mm-hmm. So, which is common, I believe. 
People just kind of start getting robotic and say, I feel like there's a perfect three take situation. This is what happened. And it gives the movie a really weird vibe. This gives the movie a super weird vibe. So that may be what I was, what I was seeing. He, because it seemed like Al Pacino was just there sometimes. Like uh, the scene or the scene where they go to the diner with his neighbor, he's just walking and the neighbor has, it's like everyone has monologues around Pacino and he just kind of stands there and walks and he doesn't, but he's, he's like the witness to this new world. Yeah, no, I get the script, but it's just like, it works, but he's trying to get information. He's trying to get information. Look, I I mean, yeah, it's like a detective thing. I think it's just a weird mix of two people. This is if you're you can't judge Pacino's acting by this movie. This is not the movie I would say. Well, like, I I've also was watching like we I've seen like three other Pacino movies. I forget. We were just watching them at work, and I noticed I was like, ah, I don't like. I mean, Scarface came on TV when we were at when we were at some bar, and I was watching it, and I was like, this is not a good movie, or it's like cheesy. It's and, incredible. Uh, That's his. One Scarface? of his best performances. Scarface? Yes. Yeah, yeah but the movie awesome. itself, is, it, it ain't no Goodfellas. Or it ain't scene? no, like... If it's not supposed to be Goodfellas, it's totally no, I different. Know. Um, the best scene I liked in Scarface... It, I like, hold on. Pacino's best scene in Scarface is when he's in the jacuzzi and he's watching TV about pelicans and fly, he's complaining. Fly, fly. Elvira. <laughs> no, it's That's, a flamingos. He's, he's watching flamingos. He's watching the pelicans. Flam- yes. So that's Pacino's funniest scene in that movie. I mean, look, Ryan, he's a complicated actor. He's done so many movies. Some are better than others. You're right about Scarface. That was a better performance because he played a character. He underplays on Al Pacino so much. In the 70s. Fight his ass, dude. So do you want to take him right now? I'll take him in his prime. He he clearly has hip issues in this movie. This is a weird. You watch movie. him walk his hips are pot. You get like I was watching him walk and I'm like, that guy's going to have to get two hip surgeries later on in life. He's kind of yeah. stocky, right? He's kind of like he's tiny, short and like, but yeah, he like bow legged is what bow-legged, it is. He's not shoulder. a tough guy. Yeah, I don't he understand. Doesn't look why good. Like, There's a scene where he wears jeans and he like goes to get coffee running down the street with like yeah. his gay neighbor and he just doesn't look comfortable like a guy who just like puts on blue jeans and like goes to the fucking store. Yeah, I don't get know? it. But he's not supposed to be. Com- he's supposed to be uncomfortable. I know. He's- so he's so he's really bad at his job. But when was the last time you ever saw Al Pacino in blue jeans? Like he does bring a lot of baggage to his performances. I'd say it's like that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer gets jeans that are too tight. He walks like Frankenstein. Dude, you gotta oh, watch. You gotta fucking- quit referencing fucking Seinfeld every. Right I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of side, what is happening? He's at a sweat lodge. I, to to <laughs> <He's in. laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm telling yeah. you, dude. <laughs> it just hit me really. Oh, Je- Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's like he's like, he's like a five-year-old holding his, his he's crotch. Like a baby. He's go to the bathroom. Got a tummy ache right now. <laughs> Okay, are you going to go that? to the bathroom or are you going to just hold the shit for an hour? Well, oh my keep, God, he's getting out. He's squatting, in the, get he's squatting <laughs> in the corner. He's currently squatting in the corner of his shed, shitting in a bag. I don't want to miss stuff. If I had to take a dump, I would just say like, I got to take a dump right now. You guys talk and I would just right. leave. Like, right, I, I would take a shirt off. Okay. I okay. No, the shirt like, wasn't a part of it. I'm not like a... <laughs> the shirt is me just trying to like relieve the pressure. Go to the bathroom and get it over with. All right, all right. Thanks. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's going to he's going to get fisted. <laughs> oh my god. He's dying. His butthole's opening up. So what are we talking about? Yeah, Pacino. He, he doesn't even have to die for his finger to give out. It's a weird performance. I know there's a lot to the character of him being like naive and him being uncomfortable. Yeah, but... that's literally the how the character's written, and he's supposed to be like kind of realizing he's enjoying it. He's like he's he he never seems. And another thing about his performance, which I didn't like, was he never seems um, against it. Like he doesn't have any reservations. Once he realizes it's like he's got to pretend to be gay, quote unquote, pretend. Uh, he's not like, get off me, bro. He's, there's no like mach- machoism. Well, here's machismo. That the word? Like at the beginning, there could have been one like there, there could have been. I don't think the spectrum of him go like coming into being out of the closet or whatever, however you want to say it. I don't think that it was too short. Or is it wasn't wide enough. He didn't have a big enough journey. It was literally like two months of him not acting any different. The one well, time he acts different is when he's when he huffs that ether or whatever and starts dancing like a maniac. There's some weird shit in this movie that I don't, that's very subtle. So in the opening scene, after the cops do the cruising thing, there's like a murder, and in that murder, there's two dudes and. I really like this first killing because there's a guy wearing like a jumpsuit, like a NASA kind of jumpsuit that's open with his, with his nipple showing his big buff breast and big buff breast. He's flirting in this movie. A lot of hunks in this movie. A lot of hunks with like big Italian faces, (laughs) Italian and Jewish, like Cro-Magnon Yeah. There wasn't a lot of variety. Noses, tall heads. they're also like racist. Did you These notice guys, that? They well, had like on. an asset. They're like Aryan. But that was like cool. So they're like, that's like biker shit. But yeah, um, racist. <laughs> so. These uh, these guys are all giant dudes, and it's very funny to like when Paul Savino hires Al Pacino is like, I need a cop who looks like you. I, or, we need someone who looks like you because all the victims look like you. But all the victims are like way bigger ripped way. <laughs> just jacked just, just like, like different hairstyles none of them looked like him the killer looked more like him than anything so when we find in this out. first scene this guy's flirting he he's very like likable like he's smiling he just seems like he's kind of the quiet he's a, a real ryan gosling type I'd say he like doesn't say too much. And in saying not a lot, he looks cool as fuck. Very stoic. You're talking about the killer. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the victim. The victim's. Really oh, likeable. yeah. Nip- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumpsuit. Nipple. This is good. This is good setup because within like two minutes, he's like tied up and getting stabbed. One of my favorite shots in the movie, probably my favorite shot. <laughs> but that was the next it's the one of their legs on the overhead in the in the hotel room. And then that one guy walks in with his like boots and then the other guy like touches it yeah it's like it's like a fucking renaissance painting of two guys doing poppers and like looking at porno mags having gay sex like in a hotel that's room. how it's all of those scenes were that one's did you, really okay, did you, specific did though you, and really well directed like yes um 
<laughs> so I asked on the text thread if this movie is offensive to like the gay. Co- I'm sure oh, it's offensive to some people. So well, is it like does it hold up? And what I noticed, the only thing that I noticed was the it was also focused on one specific gay club that precinct club or whatever. So that's one genre of gay. There's like no, a whole there's, bunch of different there's types There's a few of clubs people. they go to. They go to the, he goes to the leather, oh, strictly well, it's leather all, one, it's then a cop like, one, then like a punk. Well, it's like cop. That was, the, that was the same club, oh, just oh, different. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like themed nights. Let's talk about this. So what, well, I was going to say real quick, what? When, when it shows two men like hooking up, it's like either aggressive in the... The kink realm in the in front of a bunch of people, uh, or they don't show it at all. And the music's like kind of heavier metal and more intense and thrillery. But then when they show Al Pacino with his when they show heterosexual love, it's beautiful pianos and it's love making and it's like flopping around on the bed. I'm like, okay, that seemed a little well, but, these guys uh, aren't having making love, they're having. Yeah, it's like They're a specific community. Yeah, High that's risk. what I'm saying. I get it's a specific also, genre. Of- but also, like, I don't know. That works really well to further put you in the Al Pacino's point of view. Yeah, How chaotic is underground. His the sound undercover. design in this movie is awesome, and like the music is really unexpectedly cool. I thought, and like, yeah, it's like a lot of like kind of like more punk shit, rock shit than like yeah. So we got to talk about disco thing. That why that think. is so. First, the movie was highly protested when it was being made. Gay people thought this was like really bad for their look and image. They hated the movie, even though they had, hadn't seen it. There are all these protests, yada, yada, yada. Now the movie is beloved by the gay community. Or not, I wouldn't say beloved, but it's like respected because it's actually a good movie and it's very non-judgmental. And that it, yes, non-judgmental. Just observing passive viewing and sympathetic for the characters and honestly believable because when they pack the gay bars, they're just extras from the gay bars. So, oh, I love it, gotta talk about these scenes. These scenes feels are like revolutionary real. scenes. Well, you hold on. Okay. So it's not that it's, I don't know. Like it's freaking is a, uh, his background's in documentary. So when he would make like his first movie is a documentary that got a convicted killer released from prison by proving the case was false. And then he, and that guy went on to kill a bunch of people. And then he made um, (laughs) a bunch of movies that were based on plays. He made the boys in the band, which was a revolutionary gay movie back in like the late sixties, early seventies. He's not gay. He, oh, but he's, he's like Chicago. a boundary pusher. He's like an early boundary he, pusher. He's so just from a guy from Chicago. These, he made the exorcist. He like he's, but he like is looking for no. Yeah, the exorcist is like an anti, you know, or, or like kind of a that was pro, that's a protest of movie. He's making like subversive. Yeah, it was movies. like anti demons, right? Right, right, right. But he's not. <laughs> It's it's different than that. He's not a boundary pusher. Provo- he's not like Oliver Stone. He's not a provocateur. He's not pushing buttons on purpose. It's just that his background is in news is. and documentary, and he just doesn't. And he is a fully like a really uneducated guy from Chicago who doesn't give a fuck. And like he said, he met this couple that taught him about art when he was in his early twenties, and that 
when he was growing up, he lived in a one bedroom, like 400 square foot apartment with his parents, like something like really crazy. Like, and they didn't yeah. speak English. So wait, where's he from? Or where are they from? Chicago. They're from like Poland or something. Gotcha. So he's just a crazy. I mean, he has a thrill sinking personality. When he made French connection, he shot a hundred mile per hour sequence with no street permits. He does a lot of dangerous shit. He permanently injured Ellen Burstein on the set of Actresses when he tied a rope around her and like swung her around, slamming her into the wall. And like, like he personally didn't do it, but like he had the stunt guy go like, yeah, he's responsible. He's like hit her harder. Like he would do things like that. So he's like a maniac. Um, It's a job done. Yeah. And when he made this movie, he went, he, he met these mafia guys who own the gay clubs and they're like, you can shoot whatever you want. Just uh, don't talk about my business. So, Apparently, when they go to these gay nightclubs, they just shot everything as it was, didn't do any set dressing. But they do say that he did say that like he hated the music because it was like disco. So he played uh, okay. punk music and like it's underground real, that rock. Makes he got like tone. Oh, like, so he did change really the music. Cool, yeah. Yes. I think. Yes. Well, it, it makes it, la- it like that whole, and I love this in every movie. When the when the person leaves the club and it's just noise, 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 people, 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 and then they leave the club and it's an empty New York street and it's just yeah. like silent immediately. Yeah, there's a few of those shots in this. Um, yeah, but the noise the like... noise does like give add the suspense to like that, and then he's alone in his apartment and it's nice and quiet, or his it's neighbors like, are yelling. Yeah, it's like kind of impressionistic sound design actually, where like. Um, <laughs> Like some of the like the killers dialogue is like eighty yard in a weird way, and it kind of makes you. I listen to this movie with headphones on, and alone under your bed. Were you scared? (laughs) Were you in a coffin? I'm just saying, I really could appreciate the sound design or whatever. It like felt like the the, it has sound design choices that are feel like they're you're in like the protagonist's head or the killer's head, like specific head, hearing what they hear. You know what I mean? Because you have headphones on. You're just like, I hear it in my ear. I don't hear anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's I can't cool even hear like my that. own thoughts. Maybe you should always but, watch movies with headphones. Yeah. No, I, I do it so I can like actually like kind of follow it. Um, I just <laughs> have to turn it down. I can't have it loud enough because my fucking baby's sleeping in the other room. You can't but, crank uh, the surround sound. Put headphones on your baby. <laughs> Let him join in. Look, the movie is, he directed The Exorcist. He knows how to make a movie fucking scary. So one thing that's cool is the guy in the first movie, The Killer, he has this really long face. And that guy a movie shows up in The Brambles, what? the same actor with Al Pacino when he's undercover. And there's a scene where Al Pacino's standing under uh, like a bridge Park, right? and there's like a, a light over him and he's, he sees Joe Spinell, the cop, and they kind of make eye contact, and then nothing oh, yeah. happens. And no, then Joe this... Spinell wants to. He got, he tries to like get him to follow him into the bushes. Yes, yes, yes. And he doesn't follow. And then that He's other guy, that other actor shows up, and then Al Pacino follows him, and then it just cuts. So, what I'm saying is, Al Pacino had sex with that guy. <laughs> That's, yeah. How many times? The killer. 
And then that oh, killer, the killer, that actor who played the killer, then another scene after this, he's in the rambles or whatever it's called. And he hooks up with this dude. And then that dude starts singing songs to him. Like, Oh yeah. You're all alone. Or like whatever. He's like whispering. And then that guy gets killed. So the killer in the first scene is the second victim of the movie. And also Al Pacino had sex with him in between that. That's interesting. Wait, so the killer in the first scene's dead is the second victim? Yes. And oh. also in the first. Oh, and in the so opening, Al Pacino is the killer oh. then? No. Because so Al Pacino's not in the first scene. That's is there no right? killer? Well, well, if the killer gets killed, are you just saying they reused an actor? The killer is. No. The, the, or is this part they, of the script? He, he thinks he's getting the killer at the end, but it's somebody else. Because the killer's kind of like. There's a lot of actors that look alike that are like yeah, play that role of what you hair. think the killer is. Exactly. I'm saying like the movie purposely cast like multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. play the killer throughout basically. Because the movie has multiple killers. But it this makes is set me, up in the oh. beginning. In the opening scene of the movie, oh. the morgue, and the, when they find like a body part, oh, the guy, the cops are saying like, yeah, just say it's all the same killer, blah, blah, blah. Just blame this guy. Oh, right. Because and, the, we don't, and the morgue guy's pissed. We just want to close it out. We're just juking the stats. So... <laughs> But, but, um, but that's why I thought it was like a metaphor for AIDS. It's like a perfect metaphor for, yeah. For but AIDS, this happened basically. before AIDS was a thing. Adam. I know, but that's I, why I'm trying I'm to tell it's you. Prescient. It's it, it why predict, I said the word prescient AIDS. earlier. Now, here's this what movie the movie is based on. You want to know what the movie is inspired by? This is funny. So there was a gay serial killer in the 1970s, and he's killing all these dudes, and then typical. He's arrested. Jeffrey Dahmer. And turns out that act, the guy who was the killer was an extra in The Exorcist. And Whoa. he's in The Exorcist. So when, when she's getting all her weird tests in the hospital, the guy who's doing the x-rays, the radiologist, is later- A serial killer? Is a serial killer who- In the real director, life, wow. That the same director, William Friedkin, then talked to him before he made this movie to get like insight into After his After he mind. was caught? Yeah. Um, and then he goes, also, um, if you're looking for any extra work, we always are looking. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be, you know, any other actors in there? Like any good headshots? I love when the movies have real creepy people in them. You know what I mean? Like, like the small movie. Or the, I mean, that's how Dahmer, <laughs> Dahmer went, he, he cruised. Star in. That, that's how he killed most of his victims was cruising. Get worse, well, um, you know, you could see Jeffrey Dahmer in Ryan. the background of Groundhog's Day. He's he one was, of the, that's cool. He's, yeah. And he was he's supposed the to actually do the voice. He was supposed to do the voice of the gopher. He's the but homeless they, guy that he, they the cut drunk him off guy of in the car. Yeah. So they, oh, they yeah, gave they him get, the get soup and shit. Yeah, they made <laughs> and him the drunk guy and he guy. got pissed about it. And that's when he went on his spree for. Damn. All no, he's not the homeless guy. guy. He's the drunk guy that he drives on the train tracks. Yeah, yeah with the two like. Um, <laughs> he's Chicago also in the guys. Burbs. He's in the Burbs. He plays Tom Hanks. <laughs> he plays the cul de sac. That's that's uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Ryan just knows about the Jeffrey Dahmer, by the way, because he looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Or he used to really look like Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm white and I wear glasses, dude. 
Adam kind of like looks every like John mass Wayne shooter, Gay. and I look like every serial killer. No, because... honestly, you look like John Wayne Gacy more than I do. Yeah, actually, William, you do. <laughs> no, actually, no, with your shorter hair, Adam, you got and you're in a shed. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, don't, yeah, don't do this for a laugh. Have you ever seen Pogo the Clown? That's Adam to a T. Um, I'm a bozo guy. I went to an art yeah, show yeah, of John Wayne Gacy, and what I didn't realize about John Wayne Gacy, those paintings of the clown that he did is that he would literally do like 20 of them a day, all day, yeah. every day. And he was Holy just, shit. he was just in prison. Like, yeah, I'm making so much money. This is so great. He was just, there were just like simple outlines of the same thing, the same colors. Oh, it wasn't even like he was trying over and no. And he was making so much fucking money. Selling People just them. thought it was crazy that a crazy guy like that would have like this weird Daniel Johnston well, the, the, the art vic- style. The victims were upset. And so the victims' families. So right. I was, yeah, I was a, like, the victims are dead. <laughs> they put a stop that's to uh, that's why you can't sell artwork related to your crimes if you're convicted. Mm, that's cool. That's an interesting just, good law, I think. Yeah, also, why didn't, they, why didn't they fucking kill him? Why was he alive? All right, listen, let's talk about the movie because we got to talk about these scenes in the, the bottom about talk about them uh well there is like i i remember because the james franco fucking thing like yeah, i remember fake. well but it, there's like an x-rated version of this movie no there's not this is a fake rumor there is no what, extra what is 40 minutes of a footage william freaking shot the movie cut it this is the movie there's never been all these other scenes Damn. so are you, is this are you like a He's a movie. Are guy. you the first person saying this? No, you can go on IMDb. William Freakin told James Franco that? he was full of shit. He's, he wrote in his book that this is bullshit. He said oh, this wow. is just stupid. Why what would did I... James Franco say? I mean, that's okay. He can fucking make it up. There's the rumor that's not real. Here's the rumor that's not real. And Adam believes and got excited by. <laughs> <I just thought. laughs> and Adam's obsessed with her about about talking like, oh, about wow, it. And he's like... got posters about it in his house. And he's. Fucking writes Here's it in his journal rumor. every day. He's obsessed. <laughs> On imdb.com trivia, someone wrote that there were 40 minutes of extra scenes that William Freakin shot to show the MPAA. Then he would get an X rating and then cut those 40 minutes. Okay. And then it would be it would pass to get an R rating. And that it was supposed to have fisting and just like all the close-ups, but it's all like why would he shoot that? Why would he think that would get in the movie? Like you also just can't do that. It's just gay porn. Okay. So yeah. there's apparently gay porn in the movie. I'm not so, a, have you an seen immature the James, little the James Franco thing is like a gay porn movie, basically. It's never been released outside of Sundance. No one's well, seen who's a James copy. Franco. Why is wow. he involved in this? He made this know. short that was like Adam's oh, such he an idiot. Movies. He fell for this fucking <laughs> idiotic. This Look, rapist, this valley offenders. <laughs> James Franco's claim something this, is true. It's this horrible director, good it. actor, horrible director, James Franco. That's my humble opinion. He's not even that great of an actor. He's good. You got to think about freaks and geeks. He's no Pacino. Before, you know, all this stuff. You got to think He's about no fucks Pacino. and sucks. You ever see sucks and fucks? Spring Breakers. The two cops, the two gay cops at the beginning of the movie. Hey, officer sucks. sucks. And fucks. Officer fucks. <laughs> My, late, um, my old lady but, moved to Florida. I'm okay, going to go okay. beat up some queers. And then Adam is just walking down the street with like an ice cream cone. <laughs> and then these Melted. two cops just fucking 
hey, get over here. You're like, what? No, leave me alone. Like, get over here. Not again. <laughs> and Adam's just wearing I see like, the way shorts. you lick that cream. Be fucked up. Give us uh, oh, and his, his ice cream, oh, his ice on, cream falls off. It falls off. They like knock <laughs> it off his cone. And they go, uh-oh, looks like you need a new, you need a new queen. Looks like you need some Come dessert, on in my buddy. cop car. Come on in my cop car. I got some ice cream for you. I got something sweet for you, buddy. And Adam's just like, yeah, you like push pops? Jorts and like a striped shirt. With like, so like your guy, inch, so to you guys, jorts. it's funny that I get sexually assaulted. By, yeah, by, yeah. Male, by two by James cop, Franco. Male cop. By two James Frank, James and Casey Franco. Casey, wait, <laughs> Dave, Dave. Uh, Dave. <laughs> James. Sorry, oh, I get the James and Dave This Franco. is the forty minutes that was cut. Yeah. Look, we can't. How are we ready? I'm just in in, <laughs> in oversized. He's in oversized cowboy boots episode. and and jorts that are oh just a little too short, a little too snug on his little six year old body. I think what. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, the thing is with what this movie, is, I don't find any of this shocking or weird or unusual because no, I'm from murder, San Francisco. Yeah, the from, murders were the murders were. Oh, you're talking about what we're talking about. Multiple, multiple. In San Francisco, Francisco the there are nude men who walk around the Castro who are like 60 years old. You grew up in the Castro. I grew up like four blocks from the Castro. Okay, so. <clears throat> It's the murders just like, are pretty shocking. Yeah, he stabbed I thought, the dude in I thought that was shocking. He stabbed dude, the dude in a butthole like 20 no, times. No, he didn't stab him in his butthole. He was <laughs> yes, raping he him, did. Back in the beginning, are you talking about the was, first victim? Three times, dude. Go back and you listen to the corner. Back. Listen to the oh, corner. Yeah. The oh, corner he says, says he yes, said yes. he got stabbed three times in the back, and then he's like, and there is. There is like 10 ruptures in the anus. Yeah, that was just, I think, violence. No, me. no. And if you rewatch the scene, he stabs like this. But there's twice. Cut, there's and, cut then, to frames and then he's of holding like it. Dick, think, Adam, right? listen to me. Okay. Adam just reads the trivia, but doesn't watch the movie. He doesn't actually. The and then, and then the it cuts to a scene do. where the knife well, is in a different position. And it's pretty obvious he's sticking it up his butt. Oh. And it all happens in like two seconds. Jesus. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, maybe that was just like a flash edit thing. Dude. But then it cuts to the coroner or whatever they're called. I and mean, he's look, like, he was stabbed. Yeah, what's the, the point? What are you? What are, what's your point? There's gay sex. That's there's brutal, man. Yeah, that's brutal. crazy. But we got to talk about the cool cops. It's about cops. And this is the coolest scene in the movie is when they need to bust someone. They need to bust anyone. They need to get the fucking case finished with. Okay. He's getting pressure from gay rights groups. So they just... This Al Pacino talks to this guy at a bar one night and they're like, oh, yeah, what about him? Oh, he works at a steak restaurant. And then you see Ed O'Neill from Married with Children and this other guy walk into the steak restaurant. And this is William Friedkin loves cops and really gets their behaviors, which is they're just like dumb assholes. But yep. they're getting with too much know, like power. Yeah. These two guys eating steak. I don't know why it's such an entertaining scene. It just is. And I like, did like it. <laughs> and they just like eat. They both sit on the same side of the booth. So there's a yeah, little. Yeah. What of that. the hell was that? <laughs> well, that's that gay hint undertone thing that all the cops have a little gayness in them. But also, mm. it's like then they can observe everyone in the restaurant and they look at the suspect and they see him, and they're like, "There is the suspect." And then they see all these people eating steak with a knife, and then uh, you know they're having a good little afternoon. They're like. Let's see. We're going to order some steaks. 
one of the perks of being undercover. You get a nice little steak meal. Like the, they eat a whole meal. And I, I love think, that. I don't think this guy's at O'Neill, by the they way. They ordered drinks. Yes, too. it is. <laughs> <laughs> they ordered drinks, too. <laughs> Hold on a second. How could that not Adam, be Ed O'Neill? His dude, name Adam, is the in the credits. Was, it's Ed O'Neill. He's stabbed one. in the butt, it's and this is one. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill's in the steak restaurant. Ed O'Neill's in the interrogation scene afterwards. So the interrogation scene <laughs> when, is the oh coolest my God. shit. Let, that is the coolest cop. The this black is, dude uh, is yeah, the coolest he's cool. cop. This is, these are cool <laughs> cops. This is okay. So set it up about. though. Why set up the interrogation? So we got another. We've been doing, it's a second sting, right? We got some flashy cops this month. We're doing Stone Cold. You know, he's flashy. We're doing Chow Yun Fat, Hard Boiled, Tequila, but sleazy New York cops. That's a whole other <laughs> special type of cool cop. So these yeah. like five cops bust this dude with Al Pacino, and then Al Pacino's undercover. So he's just like in the interrogation scene with this other guy. And he's just like, he doesn't answer anything. You know, he's playing coy, but again, really bad scene by Al Pacino. He just said, yeah, fucking awful. Apparently this is a real thing. New York cops used to do. They would get a six foot five black guy to walk in the room in his shock strap. Muscle guy, muscle, thick little bud on him too. Nice little rump. And then just cowboy hat. Wearing oh a cowboy God. hat and then just and slap the suspect across the face and then walk and, out of the room. <laughs> and they said they would That's do this because thing. no one would believe their story. That's like what Bill Murray does when he's uh, fans, he interacts with fans or whatever. Something along stuff. the lines of having a touch him, like, him inappropriately. Black guy he sees I, Adam walking down the street with an ice cream cone he, and he goes, Hello. And he just pulls down his pants and violently rapes him in the ass. Oh my god! That's what and then, and then any leans forward, whispers in Adam's ears, "No one's going to believe you." <laughs> Caddyshack. Uh, nobody's going to believe you. Adam, you respond. He does it in the Caddyshack voice. That would make it harder. Yeah, more unbelievable. Um. I just don't find that kind of humor funny. So work, you were just hey, laughing, man. <laughs> work for Cosby. <laughs> You're laughing right now. No, what are you talking about? Work uh, for Bill Cosby. Like he got away with it. No one believed you do, him. What, what kind of humor do you think is funny, Adam? Do a funny joke. Um, yeah, do, do it in a Mike Epps style. You're a big do Mike, a Mike Epps. Epps funny joke. <laughs> you love Mike Epps. Come on, guys. <laughs> he just says, I'm on my phone. Come I'm on, dude. Do a mics. Tell us a funny Go version. Sell us a what? You're walking down the street. Mike Epps sees that, you eat an ice would... cream cone. <laughs> it's just the same stuff. He does what? He tells Mike you Epps like, sees you. He's officers suck. And talks about just... like how, you know, if your girl finds your phone, like it's, <laughs> it's just a rap, cop talking you know? to some kid about his girl and she's all pissed like if you get a black woman pissed off like you don't want to get a black woman pissed off that kind of stuff whoa whoa adam he, jesus that is that's just, that's a big really really big bit of his in the no special yeah but when you say it it sounds offensive man i'm just well that's i'm offended one of his by bringing your own prejudices into this hmm. you know what, let's sh- talk about adam getting raped by bill murray again <laughs> because this B- bill burr 
Adam's walking down <laughs> the street Murray. with his ice cream cone. Bill Murray, Bill Burr doing a Bill Murray impression. Yeah. Oh and then uh, Bill Murray from Ghostbusters shows up with the proton pack and just sticks it right Murray. up his goes, ass. Just sticks it up his goes, ass. We're, or just we're crossing it. streams tonight, buddy. And nobody's <laughs> like, gonna believe you. Uh, there's a couple of ghosts up there. <laughs> I got some C4. <laughs> It's like when he's wearing the Ghostbusters costume, but he's talking like Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Cinderella story. Uh... I don't find this kind of. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just don't. I don't think this is that funny. He finds a okay. whole candy bar in your asshole and eats it. He's like, "What? It's still good." Oh, is that from Caddyshack? I don't think there's anything humorous about what you're saying? And robotic baby gopher with... pops out. Completely. Yeah, no, the robotic gopher is officer suck stuff normal not a big deal and the in the less funny version of this the sequel actually it's dan Aykroyd. it's a little caddyshack 2 joke oh i see so yeah apparently cops used to just have a big black guy in a cowboy hat in his jock strap slap dudes around and that was he a cop cool hey no one uh, is gonna believe him believe you so uh what are you gonna do they also like are ed o'neill's in that scene screaming about not ed o'neill it's not. Adam. It's Ed Sheeran. It's a How much do you want to bet? I'll do anything. Well, uh, let me look at the guy. Again. No, 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 no. I was just looking at it. Is it... Take your clothes off. It's, it's one of the cops off. who. Adam, take your clothes off. You're wrong. Get naked. If I win. You, you have to take the, your clothes off. You lost off. the bet already. Remember, I'm already this, naked in the shed. I am 100% right about this. So Ed O'Neill from Married with Children. What humiliating sex things are you going to do for me on camera for the Zoom? I mean, I don't think there's anything. I'm thinking something like this. You're walking down the street. You're, you got an ice cream sex thing. Okay. And then Bill Murray has an elephant. Are you looking it up, Ryan? Yes. Okay. Ryan is our, is the judge. And then Bill Murray takes the elephant What's your final answer, Adam? And they rape you. What's the bet? And he's like, uh, what's the bet? What's the bet? Because I got the answer. Uh, I don't Ryan, know, more, I don't know any more lines from Caddyshack. I can't do the bit anymore. I can't remember anymore. I always have trouble remembering specific lines. Um, Ed O'Neill Ted- plays Detective Schreiber. Sh- <sighs> no, but is it the same? You have to cross-reference it with... The- now you have to go to his page and I see if it's right. the same Why guy from Married with Children. Moron, I don't see it. Ed O'Neill <laughs> not. from Married with Children is I Detective Schreiber. Listen to this. It's literally right there. I just Googled his name face, and then autistic face amnesia fucking uh, right neurologically fuck? failing what human being of a person who can't recognize Ed O'Neill. Acting like you There's got a different beloved, guy in my movie. A beloved you getting shocked actor. or what? The first time I saw this movie in the Fuck. Castro, by the way, I, I in the Castro movie theater, I'm sitting there nude, slowly jerking, making, you know, it last. I see Ed sure. O'Neill. I'm like, that's Ed O'Neill. Immediately. I'm like, that's Ed O'Neill. That's Ed and O'Neill. That's when he busted. Ed O'Neill is in this movie. Ed O'Neill is in this movie. Ed O'Neill is in this movie. Uh, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Oh. He's not in the following Modern stakeout family. scene, though. And that's what He's I was looking in at. the 
interrogation this huge, scene. I, this is a huge L for me. He's in the, he's in the interrogation scene. Now, here's what he's saying. He's like, we're going to put your balls in a pail of water, and if they float, oh, buddy. Yeah, he does float. the old witches. Because sperm sinks. Oh, no. So this just sounds like a witch hunt. It literally sounds like a witch hunt. They used to drive. He's looking for a man who has no sperm. These are not good detectives. Okay. They also made the kid jerk off in front of them. That's like crazy terrorist negotiate like interrogation tactics. Wait, I thought it was really funny that they. Well, first of all, (laughs) thinking about Al Pacino as a guy who's confused about his sexuality or whatever, and he's like kind of. Like there's a double thing going on of him. Like it's like a seduction. The, all this, all the cruising scenes are like half seduction, half like suspense killer shit. You know what I mean? So like he's actually in that scene where he, like the cops are on the stakeout watching him go to this like motel and hook up with this guy uh, who he thinks is the killer. They their radio goes out. They can't hear him. So they like panic and think that he's going to get killed because he's basically getting like tied up. So it's like them running up and like they bust in on Al Pacino and he's like tied up. Uh, to he's the hog bed. tied. You know, he's, he's like hog tied. Yeah, there's like an insecurity the about him because he's like being like, well, am I gay? I'm, I have a girlfriend and stuff. I'm not gay. Like, shut up. This oh, this is, in is, that scene, I, this in is that one scene, of the worst things I've ever heard anyone ever say on the podcast. And in I just want to apologize to the audience. Why? I'm sorry. That was so boring. I should have cut it off. And I'm also, like, in is that this scene, gonna pay? I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Get in to that the scene, fucking point. Okay. Oh, so, a point. well, I'm explaining like the kind of oh, complexness of the movie. And uh, somebody's got to. Complexity. Um, and it's and okay. So, we, like, make, we mistake. We make up. We get words wrong. All right. Go you on. You know, thinking about being like a straight guy or whatever. And like fun of the funny things about like. Okay. So you're wrong. He's not insecure in that scene. The first thing he says to him is like. Why'd you bust me? Why'd you come in? It's not ready yet. And it shows you how committed to the case he is that he's hogtied. He's about to basically have sex but, with this other dude. But it looks like but they're busting in on him about to have gay sex, which he's like he super was. insecure about wanting. But he's not insecure. Because if you look in the scene, he's not insecure at all. He's like, why'd you bust me? I almost had the case cracked. No, I read this. Insecure. You're just this misreading things. You're just assuming things. And you're but here, here. I'm going to say something to the movie. No, why it's good. I mean, you are you, having fights of fancy, Adam. You are having little. No, you're listening. You got your no, well, headphones on. That's good you're to in have your flights shed. of fancy. You're just, a movie should inspire flights of fancy. Ed O'Neill walks on screen. You're like, that's not Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Brian, I cut you off. What were you saying? What? That Adam has um, kind of somehow encroached back into my point about Al Pacino not being a good actor in this movie. Because that Maybe scene, but also the, the script on that scene is <laughs> Williams you can lifted hear, weights right now. <laughs> you can hear they're like two pounders and he's struggling. <laughs> no, it's pretty you cool. can hear it him over the radio. Awesome. You can hear him over the radio controlling. He brought that boy to the room and he goes, I want you to tie me up. And the boy's like, this is weird. I don't want to do that. So immediately he's obviously not the killer. And Al Pacino knows he's not the killer because he's making him do all these weird things that the killer did. And the kid's like, I've never done anything that crazy. I just wanted to like have sex or something. So Al Pacino's the one that basically hogtied himself up. So he's like in it, in it. Yeah, he's not insecure. So no insecure. Let's get to no, that. No, he, he was insecure about it being like known by the other cops. No, he was he was pissed that they didn't <laughs> what? get. He's he talking to they, them. They, they know who the he bus. is. 
Yeah. They knew he's not he, insecure. Gonna, he knew he knew they were listening in. He if anything, he's it's like a suspense film. But if you if you if you're watching it from the point of view of like how funny that is, it, the one scene if, he's not that's insecure very funny about it, is like, right, 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 move on. We're moving on. Who cares? Do you agree to disagree? Damn, so I was so close to the point. If he's insecure with anything, it's with his girlfriend who he doesn't discuss any details with. He, he's very cold. Can't talk about his feelings with her. And he, with the other cops, he's fine with it because it. They got to well, get the case done. You can't talk about. You can't talk about. Well, he's talking about the case, but he's not talking civilians. about his weird. He his, can't. His exactly, Ryan. Strange feelings. You know, it's just a parallel that is there, and it's a really good part of the movie. I don't know why you're feeling like that. You know, but I just don't see it in that moment. I okay. see it but in then his it's relationship very funny with too. his girlfriend. So it's funny too, like him uh, being in that interrogation scene afterwards. Of like, if they think, if they don't. That scene because the other cops off, didn't man. know that he was undercover. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I thought only the captain knew. They have a fucking <laughs> no, radio all... in the fucking room that he's Adam, in. They, and he's that talking to he was a God, part of the stakeout. He, that was his plan. Anything he said, he saw the kid. The kid approached him the night before and he was talks like, to the cops. He's like, <laughs> and why did you like, bust me yet? We're not ready yet. Yada yada. Well, yada. even before that, the kid, the kid, literally who he thinks is the killer, walks up to him and he's like, "Do you want to go to your place?" And he's like, twice He goes like, "No, I'm starting to whoops to get Williams' frustration." You're fucking stupid. Well, no, look, uh, it's there's good, a whole there's a you whole have headphones on. Of the movie. A really you good need... a sign of a really good movie is that a stupid person Incorrect. can have a flight of fancy and also oh, have an equally well, good time. Here we go. No, you know? that's not true. Who said that? Orson Welles or <laughs> you know, um, one of the great Adam's things doctor. about one of the great things about Dickens, uh, reading Dickens is when you start reading it, you can just kind of start thinking about whatever you want and put the book down and just have your own imagination. And that's, that's kind of hard to do when you're of, reading. That's the beauty of uh moby dick is that you don't have to actually read it you can just make up anything in your mind and anyway Mm. let's talk about the big finale (laughs) so in the first scene in the movie screwdriver now in the first scene in the movie there is a uh victim that's talked about that we never see get killed it's a professor and then also the neighbor Alpacino talks to, he has, he says like, oh yeah, this professor got killed at Columbia. And then there's this guy who's been seen throughout the movie a couple of times. He's a Columbia student that Al Pacino recognizes from the yearbook. And then he starts tailing him. And yeah, I didn't get the yearbook thing. All the victims went to the same school. No. So there's Columbia professor was killed. So they, this is kind of like silence of the lambs. In Silence of the Lambs, there's a victim that's you never see get killed. And the first victim has the closest connection to the killer that they then circle back to and go like, oh, the killer lived across was the street from the victim. Oh, got it. oh the killer was a, a student of the teacher. <clears throat> it's always somebody you know, right? And then there's a cool scene where you see this Columbia student at the park talking to his father. And it's kind of like a weird fantasy dream sequence because there's no way his dad from Ohio would be in New York, but the, the father has the voice that the killer has been using throughout the film, which is like this dubbed kind of soft voice. It's like very eerie because people will be talking like normal. And then you have this one 
yeah. voice that's clearly like compressed dubbed or something. ADR. That said, I said that earlier. It's not just dubbed; it's like compressed. It has like a phone filter. Sure, it has on a thing. It. Yeah, there's it has a like a thing on it. it. I said this earlier. I know, but we're talking about the fucking character that he has a conversation with in the park. That guy has yeah. the voice. Yeah, so you hear it right away. Good stuff. I talked. I rambled incoherently about this earlier. Why, well, why are we circling back on it? Look, I may be rambling incoherently. We but don't I'm all up play forty chess in our head like you, Adam. Going in that's true. Forwards and backwards, <laughs> left and right, diagonal. You're yeah. you're like in a frenzy. Okay, you're trying to make all the points at once. Oh, I'm, no, I'm making all the points at once. I'm succeeding. You're winning so. the you're winning the race of points, okay? Yeah, yeah. You you try to mention the most shit possible. Oh yeah. So Pacino suspects this guy and then he breaks in, reads a bunch of letters. Uh I listened to the commentary a little bit and mm. this critic Mark Commode's like, "So uh the you have him just break into his house, like with no search warrant. And he's like, yeah, I heard that from a real cop that I used to hang out with. Like, and then I asked him like, well, what would you do if like you got caught? The cop was like, I'll just show my badge and say I'm a cop. So yeah. that's a little hot tip for cops out there. Break into people's homes, rummage through their closet, and then make them the main suspects for murder cases. He finds a bunch of letters that were never sent to his father, all about his feelings. And it's like weird poetry about like, you know, being a serial killer. Oh yeah. This is one that like the movie shifts to like uh, who we think is the killer at the end. And we spend some time with him. That's good. And it also makes, it does a good thing of making the climax where he's cruising with the guy who, you know, he and us think are the killer. The suspect, yeah. The suspect. And, uh, and, but it feels like we're watching it from both. Like, we understand, like, the, the, the person who we think is this, the killer, they show like weird dad interaction with his dad or something yeah, like we that. We talked about that. All right. All right. All right. Fucking okay. God. Maybe I was pooping. <laughs> no, I just talked about it in front of you, you fucking weirdo. So, <laughs> what? No, I'm saying that's like, it's a dual protagonistic climax where, uh, where it's very loaded with, the performances are both super loaded face. with So, well, here's motivation. what's going on. Here's what's going on. Another point for, for Adam. The movie <laughs> likes to put you in the head of the victim, okay? So, you're always kind of like, you're always like... Like a horror movie does. Emotional. Shut up, dual protagonist, <laughs> idiot. I, so, that's true. They're dual protagonists. So, yeah. when the guy one. is, when the suspect is being stalked by Pacino... Friedkin likes to put you in his head where he's now the victim. He's as the, as the police are getting closer to him, he's now he's feeling the heat. He's feeling the heat. This is kind of like heat. heat. This is like heat. It's kind of like heat. He, it really mm. is like gay heat. Yeah. It's a little gay heat. Yeah. That's a dual protagonist you. sort of thing too. That movie has two protagonists, mm. correct? That's so, also a double-sided dildo type situation. End. This movie takes so the final climax is on a park bench. The dildo is kind of like a protagonist when you think about it. A double, an ass-to-ass -ass double dildo is the double protagonist. Okay, no, that's the antagonist yeah. in Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah. So <laughs> the final anal climax is the Jafar of the Requiem for a Dream. 
<laughs> Jafar. Double the, what if Jafar and all the Disney villains were in cruising in one scene? Scar, Jafar. They're all modeled after Medusa. They're all they're all the old Disney villains have a um. Well, the artist for them was like the same artist, and it was like a gay man. But also, like the all the a lot of the old Disney cartoon villains, like basically kind of read as gay. Like Jafar, say, Ca- Captain Hook is gay. Yeah, yeah. every every villain, every villain is Scar. Not, they're not. They're just like it's elegant. That's how that was like the language of. Shut up. Story, storytelling. It's not the language of storytelling. So you're saying, or like a so language saying, of like simple uh, storytelling. Why do we have to? Why do you let? <laughs> so you're this is saying something I told Adam about. I told him to go to say animator did all those movies and he was like what so you're saying there's been an agenda from the start no they're trying to get at the kids it's like a reverse agenda it's like a it's like you know here's what's going on bad guy a gay read as gay as bad wrong 90 percent of all (laughs) actors are gay okay no 100 percent of everybody is gay and 100 percent of everybody's gay nobody's happy that's it like we were saying earlier about gay men they work the hardest they have like the most they time deserve the to best life. get their craft, you know, at the highest level. Gay actors run Hollywood. They gay animators run Disney. Okay. Oh, it's a conspiracy. And gay and they run trains. They run trains. <laughs> they run the train business. The new metro system. <laughs> you know, metro's not just for the metrosexuals anymore. It's run by homosexuals. So they can work the hardest and get the most shit done. You know, you need to build a train across the country. You better hope you have a couple of gay guys. So you better hope you have at least a couple. This final scene on the park bench is the same park bench in the Warriors. At least it looks Ooh. like it to me. So <laughs> Gino and this other dude stab why, each other. Why say, did you just say, say no, no, so no, we're not just going to breeze over that. <laughs> You, you know just made up. A, you just made up a fact. You made up a trivia, and then just tried to brush by it. Like you're trying to get hey, a point. Oh, that's Here's the point. point. That's actually a bench this from the famous, last Avengers movie. This is a or famous like bench. A, <laughs> I recognize I like it. It looks like every fucking. I recognize every other bench, and I'm correct. <laughs> Adam recognize Adam can't even recognize a beloved actor. Yeah, that was. I, I didn't. I didn't know that too. It wasn't until you said it. It's a shocking. Look, uh, whatever right, this so, guy he kills, blah blah blah. He's the killer, whatever. He's stabbed. I don't remember. The the cops say in the hospital, like, why don't you confess to all these other murders too? And then we'll let you get a lighter sentence, setting up the multiple killer theory. Um, and then at the end of the movie, Al Pacino is released, and what does he do? He murders his gay neighbor, maybe, and then goes and sees his right? girlfriend. It's Al gotta be Gino, you think did it? He has to because he was next door. It it this was too coincidental, and the cops even seemed like, uh, whoa, yeah. Because the guy was like, the like, guy was like, who lived over there? And then he knew crazy. he reckoned he recognized the, yeah, the, the, the ultimate thing is like, it, there is no one killer. It's like a epidemic, right? So yeah, but Al Pacino here, okay, so, someone at the end of the movie. So here too. we go. Well, it's so like because go. It, it, he caught the epidemic. Adam, hold on. Because of shut up. That's not what happened. That's not. Exactly. It. So I've got a part of it because I didn't. That's part of it. You're right. Okay, well, that's part you have of to say it. Shut off. I got a question. If it's part that, of it, because the whole thing was him like was Al Pacino like 
you got to get me out of here. You got to get me out from undercover. I'm having these feelings. I'm having weird feelings. Was he becoming a murderer or a gay person? Because at the what if he? No, no, no. Listen though. What if? What if? What if that is the lesson we've learned from the movie? If you suppress it, it, yeah. No, it's like we should encourage people to suppress it. it. You'll oppress it. That's how we can end shooting mass shootings. Is just make everybody be gay. Adam's no, walking that's down the street he, with an ice cream cone and the trench coat mafia sees him. Shows up. And they have their guns and he's like, hey, what are you doing with those guns? And those kids he, are like, he, he knocks man. his own ice cream cone off. Why don't you leave us alone and go suck that ice cream like a dick? And you're like, hey, why don't you come over here and I'll suck your dicks? And then you don't need to kill anyone. <laughs> They're like, what? And then it starts playing like really cool underground 80s punk music. So and I'm just sucking off the trench coat mafia. That's exactly how it goes. The only difference they killed someone. Exactly how it goes. The only difference with him is it's Adam Adam holding the ice cream cone, and and he goes, I only suck two things: dick and ice cream. And then he flicks the the ice cream off of the cone and he goes, and I'm all out of ice cream. And he gets in the car and sucks off the Columbine shooters. I don't think there's anything humorous about what you guys are saying right now. I think it's totally. And then you save the you save the the one of the biggest school shootings. Yeah. I see. Okay. I see. You're They're like I'm the Uvati police are like, we Adam, we need to put would, you undercover. We gotta <laughs> we gotta put you in elementary schools. We gotta find some. We're gonna killers. send you across the country. <laughs> so Adam's like dressed like a little kid. Like he's dressed like Nez from Nez from Earthbound, and he's just like. In class, and all the kids are like, just a yellow and blue striped shirt. They're like, "What's up? Haven't seen you around here before." You're like, "Oh, he's just just a student." They're like, "Cool, cool." So, uh, why you got that yellow handkerchief in your pocket? You're like, "Oh, uh, it's just fashion." They're like, "Buddy, don't be wearing that shit if you're not actually into this stuff." And then uh, ice cream comes out of nowhere, and Adam goes. The only stuff I know is I love two things sucking dick and sucking ice cream. And then in one, instead of flicking off in one foul suck, he inhales the entire ice cream and all its contents. And he goes, <coughs> and I'm all out of ice cream. And the teacher is like, Adam, what's the matter? Your your grades are not doing so hot. Like we're worried you're not gonna be able to graduate second grade. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh sorry, just, sorry, my best. Sorry, it's really prof- hard. Sorry, professor. I'm not gonna give you the whole my dog ate the homework spiel. I'm gonna give you. I've been sucking too many cocks. <laughs> I've been saving been the world. Having sex with Prop. all these kids to get any homework done. <laughs> Evaldi, you're saying? Oh, Adam, come on, Jesus, sensitivity, please. Albertino's Happy outside. Father's Day, everybody. Al Pacino's oh. outside with his gun. He's just shooting at the, the students through the window. Okay. Speaking of kids and Al Pacino being the same height as them, uh, there's <laughs> that scene when he's sitting on the wall waiting for him to, to like walk through the park and he hops off that wall. I watched, I went back and watched it three times and was just laughing out loud because he's so tiny. The wall is like four foot high and he jumps off. And, and when he jumps off, it looks like it's 20 feet tall and it's not graceful and it's and it. Yeah. 
He's not a cool guy. Al Pacino's I feel like Ryan not a cool should be guy. getting a little little heat for for this anecdote, William. About what? Al Pacino not being cool? What kind of I a strange Al Pacino is, detail? I was just thinking about it like Adam Al Pacino looks like he's on Coke in this movie. I wonder if he's high. Like, he I looks like if he's, he's on Coke all the time. He definitely like sobered up eventually, but that's a good like the high energy is good for for this performance i think yeah i think he's more sedated in this one like, i would have loved a heat version of this he just looks bad he looks like he's smoking cigarettes he looks like he's doing he's up all he night like drinking he, they didn't want to be there either <laughs> yeah he looks he really bad. looks like he doesn't want to be gotta... there so what, yeah. what's your rating, Adam? Are you okay, Adam? Adam seems like you got to take another drink. Go. <laughs> We've drained uh, him. <laughs> what's your rating? He's upset. He's mad about this episode. Oh, no. I don't think anything is wrong with anything that's been said in this episode. I think it's all rating. totally normal. Um, I would say, I mean, I well, I think this movie is, so we didn't really talk much about like the radicalness of those bar scenes. I know They're those pan shots too are so fucking sick. And the well, like that's in a mainstream movie, you know, that's like pretty radical. Uh, radical. Yada, yada, yada. What's your rating? Get so, away. Well, I mean, get it's out. A pretty, a and the sh- show's movie. over. Show's works over. really well as a movie. Five stars. Ryan, what's your rating? <laughs> yeah. 4.75. Show's over. <laughs> the end. 4.75. How big three, your penis three. is. How, what's the rating of the movie? Um, three and a half for me. I didn't if like I would, the I didn't like the murders. I would round up to five inches. I didn't like watching the murders. You would round up to five inches. But what is the rating for the film? 4.75. Why would you say such an idiotic thing? Well, I think I'm getting more. What, getting what are you docking? Narrow. What's the point two five? What's this? Explain yourself. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe a five. <laughs> cool. Thanks. <laughs> Way to go with the bit. Well, next week, we got one more cool cop movie. I don't know what we're going to do. What should we do? Cool cops. <sighs> Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Tango and Cash. Die Hard. Something like that. That's a little too popular. Go with the bit. What was the bit that you were just doing? Yeah, what was that bit? What was the bit I'm supposed to go with? 3.5 on the bit. <laughs> what, your little penis? Oh, he gives them hit oh, one that. star equals an inch. So Adam's walking down the street. He's got an ice cream cone. I take us off the charts. Fucking. <laughs> Which way off the charts? <laughs> Harvey Keitel shows up. <laughs> My dick is off the charts. It is below the top 500. In the red. <laughs> I'm in the red, baby. Should we just do a little tenet? dog dick? Yeah, by the yeah, time. I haven't seen, I've only seen the Nick Cage one. Or to New Orleans. It's only 90 minutes, too. Adam, show yes. me how you suck a cock. Pardon? Show me how you suck a cock. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I mean, if I did it, it'd go, be a totally normal thing to do. And like, I'd, gra- I'd get you a great You want to go downtown? Fruit. Nothing wrong or funny about. about I would it. get a grapefruit. There, you can have. There's some funny shit about people sucking cocks. Ryan, have you seen the grapefruit technique? Me. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get a grapefruit. You cut a hole in it, and you just ow, 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 and you just go for it. You guys ever got that? Oh, I've no. Well, I've had well, to do I guess it we'll to myself. About I'm, I'm trying <laughs> right. to think about this kind of American this, pie. It. I'm thinking of like. 
What the hell do you yeah, mean grapefruit? Are you talking about like the comedian? You don't who puts know the, the microphone. Or you mouth? don't know the, the one with you the don't purse? know the grapefruit. No, no, no. The grapefruit technique. I'll send you a link. Otherwise, look <laughs> it up. It's non-sexual, Spread but it's word. a it's a YouTube. It's a woman who's a sex expert teaching you how to give your man the ultimate head. But why would it? Why would she use a grapefruit? That's because it makes you it feel like you're, it the makes the you feel like you're getting your dick sucked and you're fucking nah, at the Adam, same time. Don't. don't That's spoil what the point it. is. Just feels good. Yeah. But what are you, you talking watch about? The video. You it's like a it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a no. You put you cut a hole. In, why you got to watch the video, you dingus? It's like a uh, an, an incredible. Adam, shut up. Hand job. Let Ryan talk. Well, I'm explaining. That. <sighs> shut Ryan's your just face. You shut. You fucking great shot, dude. I'm sorry, audience. Adam had to talk. <laughs> I was the one providing information to the audience. Ryan was okay. just being a tease. So you suck a dick like a grapefruit. He was being a point tease. No, just take, just make the point, you know, and get and get the point. This is all the happening point is because you have to Adam, watch the video, and Adam just spoils half of the shit. I'm up Look, on points, guys. This is say. what happened. I was making a bad lieutenant joke, and then Adam didn't even like go with the bit. He was just like, <laughs> "What no, was the I'm, joke?" I'm not going to show you how I suck a cock. I won't do that bit. That's so a line from the movie. That's a famous it. scene. From I don't the movie. remember. Jesus. Yeah, that's on you, William. Nobody likes those kind of things because people don't. They don't know either. Then nobody's getting what you're saying. Nobody out there knows what I'm talking about. Like New Beverly guys. Nobody. It's 34 second long video, William. The grapefruit technique. All right, I'll watch this. The show's over later, everyone. Peace. Send it to your girlfriend. Yeah, see you.